God's moving right now, and we need to take advantage of that. I go, I go with you again tonight to the book of Luke, the 11th chapter. If you've not been here for the last two Wednesday nights, then you would probably need to pick up a CD or listen on the Internet because I've started uh, a series on the Lord's Prayer, and I'm going to try to wrap it up tonight uh, if, if I can, at least this part of it. And uh, there's just so much there. I will say I enjoyed a great visit today with my pastor. It was a wonderful thing to be able to spend some time again with Brother Kilgore. He is very weak and very frail, but he is still excited about what God's going to do. And uh, he said, Brother Mark, I can't wait until you get all of our men together and, and let's have another prayer meeting. And I said, Brother Kilgore, we're waiting on you. So pray for him. Pray for God to strengthen him. I cannot imagine a world without Brother Kilgore around. Amen. Just cannot. But let's be prayerful of not only him, but many of our elders. Brother Steve is doing well. Surgery went well Monday. Uh, There may be one other procedure they have to do on him. Uh, They'll determine that today or tomorrow. He was doing well this morning, and uh, so he said, I just wish I could be with you tonight. I said, well, you will be very shortly. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins. For as we also forgive everyone, everybody say everyone. For we also forgive everyone. That means everyone. (laughs) I don't know why the Lord stopped me here, but I just need to reemphasize. I want to say it again. That means everyone that is indebted to us. That means they owe us something that we are to forgive them. And he said, Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Matthew added to that, For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And that's another message altogether. But we're going to talk about learning through the power of prayer. God bless you. You may be seated. I will confess to you tonight that the more that I have studied and the more that I have looked at the Lord's uh, teaching here uh, about prayer, the more I have been humbled by my study. And I, I've, I have never been so anxious not to share my wisdom, but to share with you what the Lord has revealed to me about prayer for the purpose of encouraging you to more prayer. Uh, 
Uh, I, I've been pastoring for over 20 years. I've been in the ministry for 38, 39 years. Um, and I will have to admit to you that probably the thing that I hear more often than not from people is a confession about their weakness of prayer. I don't know how to pray or when I pray nothing happens. And if somehow through the simple teachings of the last couple of weeks I could pull back a curtain and help you see prayer in a different light uh, that would make you eager to pray that would make you want to talk to God, then I believe the mission has been accomplished because prayer teaches us so much. And I will say that prayer is the best teacher. Talking about it is doesn't get the job done. Reading about it doesn't get it done. The only thing that really works is just praying. And I have learned that the more you pray, the better you get at it, if, if I can say it like that. The, the easier it is for you to communicate what you feel inside and in your spirit, what's going on in your mind and heart. And so I, my desire is to help you see what prayer can do for you and what prayer reveals to us about prayer. That when we pray, there are certain things that it sets in motion in life and to realize the effects that prayer will have upon us so that you will be encouraged to pray. Even in your weakest moments, that's when you need to learn to pray. Maybe tonight, if I could help you see the difference between the value of something and the cost or the worth of something. And by that I mean what something costs does not always reflect its significance in your life. I can go to a garage sale and I can buy a life jacket for $2. The value, the cost of that was $2. But let me put you with that $2 life jacket in the fiercest of storms and your boat is going down and suddenly the significance of that that jacket changes. It's not just a $2 investment. It's not just something you did on a whim, but you realize the worth of what you have. And sometimes when we think about prayer, we think, well, it's just words. It's just simple language. And yet those words and those simple, in that simple language, have dividends that far surpass anything that we can imagine or comprehend. And so the worth of prayer is beyond anything that I could give to you. And so much happens when we pray. There's a connection. We, we've been uh, focusing the last few months about connecting life. And this is a connector right here. Prayer connects us with so much. If it connects us, and if you go down through the prayer, it connects us to God. And it talks about Him in the relationship of Father. It connects us to His name. And by name, it doesn't mean Jehovah or Jesus but is talking about his nature or his character 
or his personality, how he acts, what he does, how he operates. It connects us to his kingdom, which speaks about his purpose or his plan. It connects us to his will, which are his acts, his determination, his resolve. It connects us to a supply source. It connects us to a heavenly bank. And it connects us to a treasury of which there is no depletion of its resources. If you could imagine going into your refrigerator and picking up a container and pouring out as much out of that container as you wanted. And when you set it back down, it was as full as when you started. That's what prayer connects you with. That whatever we need, we never deplete, we never wear down God to a place that God says, Oh, y'all have to give me a break. Hold on a second. God's never at that point of exhaustion. He's never at the point of weariness. That ought to encourage you to pray all the time because God is sufficient to supply all of your need according to His riches in glory. And this is something that God really began to deal with me about this week, that when we pray, prayer connects us to something greater than our sin and greater than someone's sin toward us. And that is forgiveness. And there is nothing in all the world that's more powerful than forgiveness. There's nothing that releases your heart and life like forgiveness. You say, well, Brother Hughes, I don't want to. Well, go ahead and hurt yourself. Because forgiveness is not about them. It's about you letting go and letting God. You see, as much as we want to think we understand the picture, we don't get the whole picture. You see, when Joseph was sold into slavery, his brothers thought they were getting rid of a problem. But God was moving him into a position to save a nation, not just a person. And sometimes when we look at life, we only look at life from our perspective or from our, our vantage point. And all we see is our life and how we are affected or our family or our children or our problems or our needs. When, um, when many times what God is working out in our life is part of a greater plan. He's not just trying to save you. He's trying to save a whole community, a whole family, a whole neighborhood. And that's what prayer connects us to. A power that can help us deal not only with our own failures, but with the failures of others. Listen to me. The answer to life's failures, be they yours or someone else's, is forgiveness. Say that with me. Forgiveness. Amen. And when we pray, we connect ourselves to that power that's greater than our sin. You, you know, sometimes, and, and Scripture bears out that there's nothing... It appears that there's nothing that is more horrible than sin. But I'm going to tell you that there is something more, I don't think this is proper English, but more horrible. How, how do you say that? Horribler than sin. 
You said, Brother Hughes, there's no way. There could be nothing worse than sin. Yes, there is. And that's unforgiven sin. Because there's a remedy for it. You don't have to keep it. You don't have to hold on to it. You can let go. And so part of the part of the weariness of Jesus was in trying to get people to let go of their past or let go of their failures. And then when we pray, prayer connects us to hope. It connects us to hope. Everybody say hope. That there's a solution to our problems. That there's an answer. That there is a way out. There is a solution to the problem of temptation. The word temptation, we think about it in the connotation of being led to do wrong. But in the Greek, the word is emphasizing a test. God's just proving you, not so he will know what you are. He already knows what we are. He proves us so we can understand who we are. And when we don't do too good, then we can say, you know what? You gotta step up. You gotta come. You, you gotta repent. You gotta confess. You gotta make right because you're not where you ought to be. And prayer reveals that. Prayer opens that up to us that when we begin to pray and we learn how to pray, it opens a door of hope that no matter what our failures are, no matter what our mistakes are, no matter how much we've messed up, That there's a way out. Amen. Everybody say there's a way out. When we pray, prayer connects us to the right kind of leadership in our life. And we all need that kind of influence. Leadership is so important. And being led of the Lord is the most important principle that I could give you tonight. It connects us to a proper perspective of life and how important that is. And when we pray, it connects us to the power that is needed to navigate all of the twists and turns of life. Amen. I want to remind you tonight of the blessed benefits of prayer. And I want to emphatically remind you that you and I cannot afford to not pray. Amen. And I put this in my notes again. I said it a week or so ago. That we will never rise higher than our prayer life. Never. Because out of prayer come the answers. And without prayer, we tend to try to deal with our problems from the human perspective. And you'll never find the answers you need from that perspective. Jesus taught that prayer is about relationship. Amen. And it's also about responsibility. When you come to God in prayer, you not only acknowledge Him, but you acknowledge who you are. And you take responsibility. Tonight, I'd like to go a little further and I want to try to emphasize a few other things. And very quickly, last week we talked about prayer teaches us that He has thought about all the areas of need in our life. And that's what the Lord's Prayer teaches us, that He knows about everything. And and. Uh, prayer reveals to us how much God cares for us, uh, reminds us that the only way to really live life is a day at a time, daily bread. Everybody say daily bread. A benefit of prayer that helps you keep the unknown tomorrow in the right place, and that's in His hands. And if we learn to pray, prayer will teach us to be satisfied with the provisions that God has for our life.
I wish I could preach that just a whole message all by itself because it would help a lot of people in their frustrations and why they keep frustrating other people because they're not satisfied with what God has given them. Amen. You don't have to say amen. I know that's... Amen. Another benefit of prayer is that prayer helps bring balance to life. It helps us remember that... uh, Our source is Him, and we are not in this alone. Prayer teaches us to be selfless, not selfish. There's not one personal pronoun mentioned in the entire prayer. I, me, mine is not one time mentioned. It is we and ours. That's the way to really pray. Pray as a community. And so tonight, we're going to go a step further, or a few steps further. Prayer reveals to us that he is not ashamed to be associated with our failures. If you read the prayer, he talks about sin, our sin, and other people's sins, which represents our failure. He talks about need, which is our poverty, our lack. I don't know very many rich folks that like to hang out with poor folks. Do you know? Just not very many people of money. I've not had Warren Buffett call me lately and ask me to go have lunch with him. Not had Bill Gates email me and say, hey, how are you doing? Because most of the time, those folks just hang out with those kind of folks. But the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords... The only God, the only wise God, the eternal God, the God whose word is so powerful that when he says, let there be, there is. That God is not ashamed to come down to my level and associate himself with my weaknesses and my failures and my shortcomings and my mistakes. That ought to make you want to pray right now. That God would love me so much that no matter what my failures and mistakes are, He is never ashamed to identify Himself with me. Amen. How many of us go through life and how often we despise ourselves for our shortcomings? How many times have we talked to ourselves in private and said, You just... Why did you do that? And we beat ourselves down and, and our failures maximize into frustrations and we're ashamed. Anybody ever been ashamed of themselves? My Lord, how many times? I like what Mark Rutherford said. He said, blessed are those who can heal us of our self-despising. And that's exactly what God does. He heals us of our self-despising. Blessed are those who give us back our self-respect. And you know what? When you learn to pray, that's exactly what happens. You may come crawling into the prayer room. You may come in slithering underneath the pews because you feel so low and you feel so undone and you feel so unworthy. But when you start to pray, 
you feel that gentle hand reach down underneath that pew and pull you out and say, come on now, stand up and let's talk about this. Next thing you know, you feel Him lifting you up. You feel Him exalting you and giving you blessings and and power. That's what prayer is and that's what prayer does. And when you begin to pray and you learn to pray as He taught these disciples, you remember that prayer... It reminds us that God is our help and there are no circumstances, there are no situations in our life that we cannot mount above with His help and He's not ashamed to help us overcome those things. I just wonder tonight how many people have been excluded from our life because they ran out of numbers. I mean, they did it one time, and then they did it the second time, and the third time, they said, all right, you're out. And we cut them off. God's not like that. He has no calculator to count up how many times you made that same mistake either. That's bad enough if we were just making new mistakes, but there's a whole lot of us, we just keep making the same mistakes. And God's not over there saying, okay, that's number 10. That's number 11. That when I humble myself and I come to Him, God says, come on, son. Come on, child. Amen. I'm going to tell you, and you that have grandkids know what I'm talking about. Callie Grace can be, she can be a pill sometimes. Make you want to just snatch her up and wear her backside out. And the next thing you know, she got her big arms. She said, I love you, Poppy. What happens? We forget about all the nonsense things that they do. That's the way God, that's why he said, our Father. He could have said our God. He could have said our King. He could have said our potentate. He could have... He could have used any reference he wanted to. Our Jehovah, Jireh, Nisis, Shalom. But he said, our Father. So that you would never be afraid that in your failure and mistakes to be able to come to him, that you are not your failure and you are better than your circumstances and you are made for better things. That's what prayer will teach you. Prayer reminds us that God is approachable. What a wonderful thing. As mighty and great and majestic and powerful as He is, He still desires my fellowship. That blows my mind. Now, again, I've not been around very many famous people. I've not been around... people of any real renown before. But I've seen some that thought they were. I've seen some among Pentecost that thought they were. you You just stay back there. But he is so approachable. That, that principle in itself ought to make you want to run to prayer rooms. That he's accessible. That he wants my fellowship. That he desires my community. 
So many are afraid God wants to beat them. That's why they don't come, because they fail. I mean, what happens when you fail at home? The belt comes out. The griping starts. <laughs> the nagging comes on you. Yeah. And so many people trying to live for God are afraid God wants to beat them when in fact He just wants to bless them. Because He is just that kind of God. Prayer affords us our, our humanity. It affords us in our humanity. And by that I mean in our weaknesses, all of the idiosyncrasies and all of the quirks. And I'm telling you, people are quirky. People are, I mean, there, there are some odd ducks among us sometimes. I don't mean here, but among the whole world, you know, the world that we live in. There, there's, we call them fruitcakes where I came from, and we weren't referring to a particular lifestyle. We were just saying there's some people in life that are just, they, they're just a few fries short of a happy meal. And yet prayer affords us in that humanity opportunity to fellowship with His love and His holiness. Think about that. His love and His holiness. Part of the key to successful living is hanging out with the right crowd and being in the right atmosphere. And I tell you tonight that when you go to prayer, you are hanging out with the love and the holiness of God. And folks, it don't get any better than that. You talk about the power to radically change your life. It's not going to happen outside the confines of prayer. I don't care how long you look in the mirror and how many things you write down on your list of things you need to do. You're not going to find the power to overcome them until you step into the atmosphere of prayer and you begin to talk to God and you commune with Him. And while you're in that atmosphere of His holiness and His love, suddenly you are drawn up. You are pulled out of that mess that you're in and the frustration and the aggravation and all of the antics that we go through in life. And prayer lifts us up and it brings us into a better place. And when you walk out of there, when you come out of a prayer room and you have really communicated with God, there's something buoyant about your spirit. You don't come out with your head hanging down between your knees. When you walk out of a prayer time like that, your head is up because you have been fellowshiped with a spirit that has tried to make you a better person. And you have fellowshiped with something that will transform your life when nothing else will. Amen. Prayer will help keep you humble. Because when you really pray the way the Lord taught His disciples to pray, you remember and are reminded that we are all sinners. It reminds us to look at our sins before we look at other sins. I wish I could get that through a lot of folks' minds. <laughs> it would make pastoring a whole lot easier. That our job is to look first within before we look out. And how many times do we come in 
And all that we see is what is before us. But prayer, when you go to prayer, suddenly you are reminded that you are just as frail as anybody else. And you have just as many weaknesses as anybody. He said, Brother Hughes, I would never do that. You know what I've learned in life? Don't ever say you won't ever do something. Oh, my kids will never. Folks, you're going to be chewing on those words for a long, long time. But when you go to prayer, prayer helps to keep you humble. It reminds you to look within. We are reminded in prayer of what to do with our own failures before we try to do something with others' failures. And the trouble is in life when you forget that and you try to deal with theirs before you deal with yours, it will never work. Amen. So the answer is to seek forgiveness, to get rid of those things and to put them where they belong and that's in the hands of God And when God gets them in His hand, He puts them behind His back. And you can't do any better with your failures than that. It reminds us of how to deal with those who owe us something. And you do that by releasing them. Everybody say, forgive. Say it again, forgive. Forgive. Why? Because we're all weak. Because we all have the same nature. I don't care if you talk in tongues two hours a day and walk on clouds and see angels every day you get up. You're still out, you're still in the same kind of flesh that I'm in and I don't have those kind of experiences every day. Matter of fact, I don't hardly ever have those kind of experiences. (laughs) It seems like I have more of those where you just fall out of bed and hit the floor and all of a sudden it's just, what's that all about, you know? And and that's the way life is for a lot of people. But prayer, when you go to prayer, you learn that you've got to be, uh, you've got to live with an open hand. Because we're all weak. And none of us have gotten our wings yet. Do you hear me? None of us have gotten our wings. I've had people get so mad at me because... they say, brother, you're just too easy on people. You just, you just show too much mercy. And I, I want to stop them and say, well, you didn't argue about that when you were in trouble a few years ago or a few months ago and you needed mercy. You were thankful somebody had enough that could include you back then. Now all of a sudden you're so holy and righteous that you think you're better than somebody. And the truth is we're all in the same boat, folks. I'm not trying to dig downgrade and say that we're all going to be sinners and we might. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that there's none of us any better than anybody else. And if you've been in here 30 years or three days, it doesn't matter. We're all made of the same humanity and we all have our weaknesses and none of us have made it yet. It is he that endureth to the end. Everybody say, to the end. This is what I've learned about prayer. That when I go to prayer, it opens this question. Am I doing as good as I should? That's what prayer opens to my life. Thus prayer enables us to have more understanding. When we learn to pray, we have more consideration of others. 
When we pray, we have more acceptance and tolerance of people's weaknesses and their idiosyncrasies. And we have more patience with people. We need to go on about a month-long prayer for that one gift of patience. Amen. You know the things that you battle on a daily basis. And when you consider the struggles that you have, understand that you're not the only one that has them. And when you do, you understand to have patience. Everybody say patience. Prayer ensures uh, that we will find strength to help in time of trouble. Because of what Jesus taught us here in this prayer, we discover that prayer helps us learn some of the most valuable things that we can learn in life, and that is to let go, let God. Everybody say that with me. Let go and let God. Forget and move on. Amen. Forget and move on. I read recently of a, uh, of a man uh, back in the late 1800s uh, who was very well known, uh, uh, man of his time, and another young man, a young man. This man was an older, established man. The younger scholar wrote a book. And this older man wrote uh, a, a, an extremely complimentary letter about this man's work in the book that he had produced. And when this young man heard about this older man doing it, he, he went into a scathing rebuke of that old man about some of his failures and things that he knew about him. And several years later, a friend of this elderly gentleman saw him reading a book and he noticed that it was from the author of that young punk, that young whippersnapper that a few years ago had had such scathing words to say about him. And he said, don't you know who this guy is? And the man said, he looked at me with the blankest of face. He said, no, I don't know what you're saying. I don't know what you're talking about. Who is this man? He had forgotten. There's an art in forgetting. It's not natural. I can tell you that. You have to learn. And you learn by deciding, you know what? I let go of that and I'm going to leave it let go. I'm going to, I'm going to let it stay where it is. And in time, it's easy to forget. Amen. Everybody say forget. Now you say, really use that's impossible. Your brain never forgets. Well, you can train your brain to do a lot of things. Why not train it to forget? By letting go. Everybody say let go. It reminds us that we need our lives to be led. And when one prays, it's not hard to submit. Everybody say that. When one prays, it's not hard to submit. For thine is the kingdom. When one prays, it's not hard to live an empowered life. For thine is the power. And when one prays in this manner... It is possible to live in the glory of God. Amen. So let's stand together. I want God to help lead us into prayer. When we pray in the attitude in which Jesus taught his disciples, it connects us to one of the most 
needed powers in life, and that is delivering power. Amen. Everybody say delivering power. I don't know about you, but over and over and over again, I need that power in my life. Delivering power. He said, deliver us from evil. Deliver us from false intent and all of the things that Satan might try against us. Deliver us. I'm so glad there's deliverance in him. Amen. No matter what comes against us, no matter what we face, no matter how evil the day is, he will and can deliver us. Amen. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. None. Everybody say that with me. No weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. None. Not one. Not even the best constructed. Amen. Because when you pray, prayer connects you to a delivering God. Amen. A way maker. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord lifts up a standard. You know what? I like to read it like this. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord lifts up a standard. I like that version a whole lot better. Because that's the way God is. He is an all-powerful, delivering God. And when we pray, prayer connects us to that power. When we are illuminated by the spirit of prayer, we can deal with sin. We can deal with weaknesses. We can deal with shortcomings. We can deal with people's failures. We can deal with frustrations and aggravations and negative attitudes. Praise God. Oh, God, would you help us? Teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. Amen. Close your eyes and let's talk to Him.